The Web's Michael Smith. It's episode 115 of the Canes cast. And guess what? What? We're sponsored. It took 115 episodes. Holy moly. Did we do it? We, we finally did it. Did it. We yes. did it. High five. Yes. Yes. High five. Um. Hi. Thank you. Yes. We are sponsored. By Storm Brew. I was going to say, I'm a little confused. Did, is your wife the sponsor of this? No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, Storm Brew is the official Cane's beer. It's a crisp, light lager made by our friends at R&D Brewing right here in Raleigh, North Carolina. At just 97 calories and 2.4 carbs per serving, it's the perfect brew for all occasions, especially Cane's home games, where a 16-ounce can is just $5. Taste the storm at your local taproom and most major retailers with new store locations added daily. That's amazing that you just said that off the top of your head. Like wow. you didn't read it at all. Like you were waiting for this moment. Yeah, I had, I didn't even, it was just a stream of consciousness. Outstanding. Well, that's what happens when we get a sponsor. We treat you like liquid gold. Thank you. Thank you to Storm, Storm Brew. Liquid gold. Crushable. Crushable and delicious uh drink responsibly kids yes Always please remember do that and when we say kids i'm not referring to actual kids We're yep adults Folks 21 over, and older yes. yes correct i always feel that we have to put those things out there yeah so. just in case yes so kids don't drink alcohol at all until yep. you're 21 21 and then then you can it's the legal drinking age when you turn 21 you go get a storm brew yes just one just one because you have to be responsible exactly 97 calories though and 2.4 carbs Woo. You Keeping even, at light. I was going to say, it's like built for you. You yeah. can you could probably have one when you're running the stairs here at PNC Arena. While I run the stairs. That would be something. Crush it and then literally crush the can right on my forehead. All right. Before we have uh, Storm Brew regret the decision to sponsor this <laughs> podcast, we thank them very much. I guess we should get to the podcast. Yeah, let's so. get to it. And if you're the Carolina Hurricanes, there's a lot to get to. Uh, the week that was saw a loss in Boston, but a good game going toe-to-toe against maybe the best team in the NHL. They're they're in that conversation. Yep. Uh, they were without Patrice Bergeron, but they're still very good, very dangerous. And going to Boston is a tough task to ask anybody to go in and try to get a win at TD Garden. And for they were, 56 minutes, it's nothing-nothing. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, one mistake, and that's what the Bruins do. They're the ultimate counterpunchers in the National Hockey League, Michael. They can come after you if they want, but they wait for their opposition to make a mistake. And sometimes it, it's something that you look at and you're thinking, oh, it, this is going to turn into nothing, and they find a way to turn it into something. Yeah, the Bruins had not lost at home in regulation. They just did last night, actually, to uh, Colorado. Colorado beat them 4-1. That's a good Colorado team that the Hurricanes gonna are going to see on this upcoming five-game road trip. We'll get to that in a bit, but... Yeah, the, the Bruins came into that game, I think it was 11-0-4 yep. at home. No losses in regulation. Which is just kind of stunning. I mean, even for um, you know one of the best teams in the NHL to be in December without a regulation loss at home, very impressive. And, and you could, the Hurricanes, I thought, played a, a pretty good game. And they had some chances. They limited Boston's chances, but you could just feel that Boston was waiting, like you said, almost for the Hurricanes to make that mistake so that they could jump on it. The Hurricanes did end up making a mistake. Uh, Jake Gardner at the point, uh, maybe trying to do a little too much with the puck there. Um, you tried to make a move around a defender, and he was able to poke the puck free. The Bruins race down the ice, and they end up uh, scoring a goal, a pretty easy 
tap and play on the doorstep. Uh, they added another one shortly after that. But once they got that one, it was like, okay, they had, that's that was kind of, even though it was only one nothing, you kind of had a feeling that they were either going to get another one shortly after, which they did, or yep. they'd find the empty net and hold on for the victory. And uh, they end up shutting out the Hurricanes 2-0. Uh, Shane Willis and I talked about it the other day on Hurricanes Live. And when it comes to making mistakes, I would rather have a player make a mistake trying to make a play than be timid and be forced into an error. Yeah. So I know that there is a lot of coaches and referees out there who you know say, why doesn't this happen or this should happen? And look, if, as a fan and what you pay for to come to the games and, and be a part of it, voice your opinions, absolutely. But one of the things that Michael and I try to do, at least on the Canes cast, one, we try to be fair, but two, also try to take a look at it from, all right, this perspective, Jake Gardner in that situation in Boston – Nobody's going to feel worse than Jake Gardner about yeah. that turnover at the blue line. Nobody. Yeah. And the way that I look at it, he's trying to, in that situation, the way that this season was going for him, he's trying to make a play to help the Canes win the game in Boston. Yeah. And and, and I do wonder if, like, if the situational if the situation impacted his decision there. Like, if he's probably thinking, like, okay, if we're going to win the game, we're going to need to score before the end of regulation. Yes. So he's trying to make a play to help his team win the game. And and just like Rod Brindamore said after the game, you can't fault that. You want players who want to make plays to help their team win the game. It's just that looking back on it, maybe that play at that time wasn't the right decision. Yeah. But situationally, I have a feeling Gardner was like, okay, we're, we're going to need a play at some point if we're going to win this game. He tried to make it. He couldn't. He didn't. Um, but he rebounded with a, a a good game the a couple nights later here at home against San Jose. Yeah, maybe his best game as a Hurricane uh, against the San Jose Sharks, and that's the one thing that the coaching staff here with the Hurricanes does, Mike. When somebody makes a mistake, they don't bury them on the bench. They don't. They they try to give them the every opportunity to play and and make a play and, and get that confidence back. And Jake Gardner, take a look at what he's done over the years in his career. He's a guy who is an offensive catalyst on the blue line. He's, yeah. He can get those things going. And, look, the Boston game, I hate to try to put games in, in boxes. Like, you know, that's a good road game. Oh, that's a big home win. It should just be, in ideally, you just want to play a good game. The yeah. venue shouldn't matter. You want to play a good game. But in Boston, I do believe when you play special teams, uh, and I'm not referring to power play and penalty kill, when you're playing elite teams. Oh, okay. Sorry, just wanted to. I thought because, you were. Yeah. Oh, there there was only only a couple of opportunities for special teams in that Boston game, and they were right. all in the first period. Yeah, and everything else was five on five, which I didn't really mind, no. honestly. And and honestly, that's why I was I'm going with that was a a really good road game. Yeah. For the Canes because they didn't take a lot of penalties against a very good power play, so we will bring it to a that. power play which scores one in every three opportunities, yeah. which is that's insane. Yeah, and the the Hurricanes power play is really good this year, and they were they went two for four. Uh, when I say last night, we are recording this on Sunday. So they went yeah. two for four on Saturday against the Minnesota Wild. Yep. Um, and they're in the top 10 in terms of yep. power play. But this Bruins power play is, is lethal. And they gave them two early opportunities uh, and killed them both. Yeah. So what I'm referring to is when they played a, a road game that was perfect against a team like Boston, it was pretty much to the letter. And there are two plays that stand out in that game for me for the Canes where if it goes this way, it doesn't. But if it goes this way, totally a different game. 
Nino Niederreiter slips one through Yarrow Halak's pads, yeah. and it hits the post, and it hits the outside of the post instead of the inside of the post and bounces out. Andrei Svechnikov has a breakaway, goes to the backhand, has Halak beat, and just misses putting it in the upper corner. Yeah, just missed it wide. And then... If the Canes, if the Canes got a lead in that game, they might have skated out of TD Garden. If they would have scored yeah. on either of those, they they might have they would have at least gotten a point. Yeah, I think hindsight's always twenty twenty, but I think they would have. I think they would have won the game because the way Boston Boston wasn't on their heels, but Boston kind of went, "Wow, this is we're in for a fight here." Yeah, this was a different game, and James yeah. Reimer was really good in the Nets for really Carolina. Really good, and I like the decision to go back to him because he's been very good lately, especially if most of his starts this season have come on the road, yep. and uh, he sort of thrived in that, so I, I don't mind that decision at all. I thought he was he was very good. He kept the Hurricanes in the game all night long, um, but the Hurricanes just couldn't find a way to beat Yarrow Halak. The, the one time they did, the puck went through the side of the net. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I and, have seen that before. Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. Uh, one was I remember a, a game uh, that Rod Brindamore was playing in. Oh, yeah, Philadelphia was playing Buffalo, and I'm pretty sure it was a playoff game. And the puck went through the side of the net. Only they called it a good goal. They never took it off. There they was never no review or any. Oh, you could have. Oh, but they didn't. <laughs> there was no instant replay like we have it. But they could have. Yeah, you know, there was replay angles. Yeah, even Halak, like right away, he was like, "Wait, that." How did that go in? Yeah. I like it. Uh, Jacob Slavin sold it well. You know, he celebrated. Uh, oh, anytime a, the puck goes in the net, I'm celebrating. I don't oh, care sure. how it goes through the net. If the light's on and the, the referee's pointing in the net, you might as well celebrate. And it was a great end-to-end play. Um, you know, he broke up a, a rush on the other end with that sort of patented, like, you know, slide, you know, on your on your stomach and then swing your stick around and break up that centering feed. Then he hops in the rush the yep. other way, kicks the puck to escape, puts the shoulder down, backhands it toward the net. It just went in the side of the net. It was, uh, <laughs> by the way, for my memory is good. Uh, it was game two of the Eastern Conference semifinals. I'll make sure that I get this one right for you, my good friend, Michael Smith, because we got our best people on this. Game two of the Eastern Conference quarterfinals between Philly and Buffalo. John LeClaire put a shot that went through the side of the net. Oh. And that's that. That's that. So it does happen. Only that one counted. Yeah. Yeah, this one didn't count, unfortunately. It did initially, but then they were like, oh, yeah, that. Oops. Also, <laughs> does that not showcase? I know it's not a goal, but it showcases where Jacob Slavin is oh, yeah, continuing for sure. to get better and better and better. And uh, I did something this past week. You know, I asked some of the players, you know, give me three words about Jacob Slavin as a player. And uh, let me bring this. Do you mind if I bring this to the party here? You can bring it to the party. don't think we were intending to do this, but awesome, reliable, gifted, patient, smart, underrated, great skater. By the way, smart showed up five times about the kind of player that he is. Good stick, unbelievable stick, accountable, reliable, excellent, poised, hard worker, no weaknesses. Uh, somebody, when I said three words, just went great at everything. That's three words, which works great for me. At everything, yeah, uh, checks out. One of my my favorites was Houdini like, and then it was asked, "Was that one word?" I'm like, "I'll hyphenate it. That's one word." Yeah, works checks for me. out. Uh, and then one of his teammates said, "The best," and put it in all capital letters. You can see it right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. That's only two words, but we'll let it. Slide. Doesn't matter. Oh, he had another word, but it's it all, all caps. For me. 
that's like you're you're announcing it with more authority. But yeah. All right. The loss and I get the feeling, Michael, we do this a bunch. And people it's it's always hard to say, hey, the game wasn't as bad as you thought it was. Especially the Canes were shut out two and three games. Two out of three games. They were shut out by Nashville yep. at home and then shut out on the road at Boston. And for somebody to go, the team played really well. You can play well and get beat. It, it does happen. When you get shut out, fans, heck, us, you don't want to go out, well, you played well, but you didn't score a goal. So well, that seems to be a big part of the game. Mm. But you can play well. Yeah. And, you know, you hit a post, you get bad luck, something happens. That Boston game was a good game for the Canes. And you know what they didn't do? They didn't let it. They didn't let that game beat them when they got back on the ice against San Jose, because a loss like that can can hang around. And we talked about it. You had guys with opportunities. The puck doesn't go in. You have the the situation that leads to the go ahead goal from Boston. That's something that can be in guys' heads, you know, for a couple of games. And then the Canes go in and play San Jose. They get a huge goal fifty seconds in by Andrei Svechnikov, who is unbelievable this season. Yeah, you know, confirmed. He's, Good at hockey. Thank you. Uh, more than a point per game pace. Yep. But he's not going to finish with dec- decimal points at the end of the year. He no. will finish with round numbers. Correct. Thank you. Not getting into this. No. Not doing. Although, one of our uh, Canes cast listeners did ask me about, hey, somebody's on pace for point whatever goals. Uh, Cody, if you're listening. And uh, I said, no, he's not, because that's impossible. <laughs> Well, he is technically no, on pace. No, <laughs> no, no one this year, I'm not doing this again, no one this year is going to finish with decimal point goals. We're going to have to get uh, Eric Tolsky in here to... The math is correct. I That's, don't yeah. argue the math, but I'm using logic. If you cannot <laughs> have this ending, you can't tell me this is the pace he's on. Thank you. That's all. Okay. <sighs> the, the Canes are on pace for... 41 and a half wins. What the hell is a half win? It's not even a tie anymore. There are no more ties. It's an overtime loss. It's not. No. Well, you get half the amount of points. You no, you don't because win. no, you don't. You only get a third because when a game goes to overtime, a game's not worth three points. Yeah, but the other team doesn't get Your three points. Your math is wrong, sir. No, the other team doesn't get three points. They just get two. They get two, but it makes the game worth more than two points. Correct. But it doesn't make, uh, you don't get three points for the win. No. You still get half as many points as you would if you won. No, you the game becomes <laughs> worth three points. Yeah, but it's it's still you're still getting that half. You, you you still leave with half of what you would have left had you won. And regulation or overtime doesn't matter. So then two overtime losses equals a win. Yes. Okay. You try selling add that to, to everybody. Add out it to there. the win column. You sell that to everybody who's out there. Jean. Thank you. That's where we're going down <laughs> this rabbit hole again. And I was trying to make a great point about the Canes bouncing back against the San Jose, the San Jose Sharks. I can't even say San Jose Sharks. That's how worked up I'm getting. It was a great uh, bounce back effort for the Hurricanes against a team that um, they saw what about two months ago. I did. I did oh, not see them. Yeah, that was <laughs> things happen. Yeah, made a wrong turn in San Jose. And Evander Kane scored a hat trick in the first period, and it was. Ooh. Yeah, I know. But this game, uh, Andrei Svechnikov, yeah, scoring 50 seconds in, I think um, it was big for the Hurricanes yes. just to say, okay, we you know, we started well. We've got something to show for it. Even though the, the Sharks did end up tying it uh, about six minutes later, 
Uh, and then for Jake Gardner to get his first goal here at PNC Arena as a member of the Hurricanes, uh, a nice little play between him and and Warren Fogle. Yes. And Warren Fogle had a had a good game. He the the forecheck that he had um, early there in the first period to poke the puck away from from Brent Burns and then find Svechnikov cutting in wide open in the slot. You might want to cover Andre Svechnikov. That's Probably a good idea. If you're, sound, that would be a sound defensive plan if yeah. you're the other team. But uh, Warren Fogle had a had a real good game, um, and then Logan Couture, you know, obviously evens the game up there in the second period. Sort of a, a back and forth there in the first two periods, um, but the Hurricanes come through in the shootout. Yep, I lo- that overtime was amazing. I could have watched bonkers. I could have watched more of that. I love that kind of overtime. I really do think and we've had this discussion before if you add 5 extra minutes to the overtime I I feel like you're going to find a winner more often than I not. agree. I agree. I mean 100%. I, you know it's the shootout has its merits for the people who defend it and I hate telling people if you like the shootout you're wrong. I can't stand the shootout. I can't because it becomes a skills competition and it it's not for me a hockey game being determined by a skills competition is not the way a hockey game should end. Yeah. So that's why I would go back to where Michael and I just got into the tete-a-tete about splitting points. I'll go back to a tie, and if you don't resolve it after five minutes and everybody gets a point and we move on. But people want a winner at the end of the game. Yeah, I like a winner. And I and get so it. from that standpoint, I don't mind the shootout. Because it's sort of you a, get the result to necessary you means to the end, basically. Nah, yes and no, but I think if you add five more minutes of three on three, you get that. The only problem with if you add five more minutes on three on three, that is five more minutes where players are putting themselves on the ice, where yeah. you know something can happen, yeah. not to the good. Yeah, and and maybe that's something that the NHL wouldn't consider unless you reduce the schedule by. 10 games or something so you get rid of some of these back-to-backs or three and fours or something exactly you know i could see the players association saying yeah we'll we'll add five extra minutes onto overtime but we gotta like cut some of these games out for, for the road trip coming up for the canes what if all three games that start the trip in edmonton vancouver and calgary go to overtime mm-hmm. and now you are tacking on an extra period and a half if you don't get right. a win yeah. so it just becomes a lot of hockey. I would love it. I'm mm-hmm. by the way, I'm I'm with you 100. percent Yeah, I would rather add five more minutes to overtime than have a shootout. And Torts, Torts is with us too. So we got Torts on our side. Yeah, that's John Tortorella. For those of you who do not oblock Columbus Blue Jackets head coaching talk, that's what we do. Yeah, but if he's with us, then who's against us? The world, <laughs> and I'll take that fight. And probably the players' association. Yeah, probably. Well, no. <laughs> I don't know if the players' association is totally against it, but it perhaps it, not. It comes to what you say. There's got to be a compromise someplace else. Yeah, give and take. Peter Morazic says he likes shootouts. He and loves I, the competition. I believe him because he's like he he in that sort of situation he thrives. Yep. He thrives in that competitive where where it's like where he can make a yep. play to to win the game for his team or make a difference for his team. He's that that's exactly the situation he loves. If we pulled NHL goalies and We'll just go with there's two. We're not, we won't go with this level. So right now there are 62 NHL goalies, 31 teams, two mm-hmm. goalies on each team. I would, I would venture that it would be like a 50, you know, a 55-45 split in the percentages as to do you hate the shootout or love the shootout. I don't think there's a middle ground because I yeah. think the goalies are either like Peter 
who live for that moment and want it and let's go, let's go one-on-one, I'm going to win the game for us right now, mm-hmm. or goalies who are like, you know, we play all this hockey and this is what it comes down to now. Right. You know, And, and some goalies just aren't great in those situations. Yeah. And you know the weirder part, too? There are some players who we think would yeah. be amazing in the shootout right. who really aren't. Yeah. The guy who wears eight for Washington comes to mind. Yeah, you'd uh, think he'd be phenomenal at it, and he's, I think, average. Jeff Skinner uh, was not that good. Yeah. His shootout numbers weren't great, but he's a guy who scores twenty five goals a year. Yeah, it's so, weird how that works. Yeah. Especially now, kind of the the same way. His numbers aren't great, but um, but he obviously can score goals. He scored three right. of them against Minnesota. There you go, a hat trick, which we'll get to in a second. But I want to go back to Jake Gardner's goal against okay. San Jose how that was big for so many levels, how that win was big, because the Canes come out and get the goal 50 seconds in from Andre Svechnikov to start the game. But then Jake Gardner's play, with what happened the game before in Boston, he easily could have said, you know what, I can't jump up in this play, I can't do. I, I got to go back, I, I need to be defensively responsible. No, he did what he does. He jumped up in the play, he read it, he wanted to do a one-timer, didn't exactly get to the wheelhouse to that, waits, shoots, beats Aaron Dell, and gives the Canes a huge goal to put them up in that game. And that, to me, is a moment where I'm not going to say circle the San Jose game, and it's a t- but for how the Canes played coming off of the Boston game, it just tells you, and we've said it before, how resilient this team is. They bounce back. Yeah. So before we move on to the Minnesota game, we should probably discuss what happened in the late in the second period in the San Jose game between you, Joe Thornton and Peter Mrazek. You think? Yeah, I think we should. And then the practice afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I might have an unpopular opinion about everything, but what are your thoughts? Oh. <laughs> you going to let me throw might that have. out there first? Okay. I might. Well, oh, okay. I'll No, I'll, no, no, I'll do it. I, I might have, I have a spicy a, take. No, I have I have a very unpopular opinion okay. of it if you are a fan of the home team that night. Yeah. Which is Look, Joe Thornton knew exactly what he was doing. I agree. When it comes to the little poke in the mitt, not the punch or the jab, whatever we want to call it. Yep. But Peter Morazic has the puck frozen. San Jose's kind of, you know, not lifeless, but, you know, they're looking for a spark. And Joe Thornton just goes by, and he's a crafty veteran. You know, think about it this way. Joe Thornton has been in the league longer than Andre Svechnikov and Marty Natchez have been alive. Mm-hmm. That's truth. So, you know, he knows some things. And he knows that Peter's kind of an emotional goalie. You know, the book's out there for everybody. So he takes a jab at Peter Morazic's glove. I don't think the whistle had blown yet. He very clearly had it covered. Yeah. And maybe the whistle was simultaneous. I haven't gone back to watch it with sound. But if anybody has ever played goalie at any level, or if you've played like in a street hockey game, there's usually, you know, we do the anchorman thing. You know, there's a rule here. No hitting of the hair and face. And that's it. Well, the rule, if you're playing like with your friends and there's the media ball hockey game we play every year and I have to play goalie, I tell everybody, if you slash my hand when I am covering the ball, we will fight. This is going to happen. (laughs) Now, the good news is I'm bigger than most everybody who plays in that game, so nobody really slashes me. You've made the, uh, I don't know know if we call them expectations, but you've made made it very clear what's going to happen. Yeah, this is going to happen, so... Joe Thornton knows if I do this, maybe just maybe, Peter Morazic is going to react. Be more concerned with that than anything else. And Peter Morazic reacted. Mm-hmm. 
he did not connect, but he threw a slash, mm -hmm. and it would have been vicious had mm -hmm. it connected yep. at Joe Thornton. This is where my opinion, and I don't. We haven't discussed our opinions on this. We might actually have the same. Mm -hmm. If Peter Mrazek stays in the crease, everything's fine. And I if agree. Joe, if Joe Thornton then turns around and jabs Mrazek while he's in the crease, and I hate to say that the crease is the safe space or the trust tree, but if you're there, goalies, that's their kind of protected area. Mm -hmm. you, you can't go in there. But the second Peter Mrazek comes out and starts skating towards Joe Thornton, all right, now what do we have We've here? entered a weird gray area. Because, because what happens? If this happens between two players... You still are going to have the scrum that then ensued, but it's just going to be, okay, you know, it's two players coming together. and Now, does a goalie ever think that a, another player is going to throw a punch at him? Probably not. And, and again, even if we can say punch, some, some people want to say haymaker, some, whatever, looked like a jab, yeah. but it caught Peter like on the chin and the throat and mm -hmm. it knocked him back because he's not expecting it. Yeah. But again, I always try to do this when we're arguing these sides. If the roles were reversed. Right. And we'll say Jordan Stahl, who is much like Joe Thornton, although Joe Thornton has, I think, a little bit more of a reputation of he'll do some things. But Jordan Stahl, just based on the size of how it's going, Jordan Stahl is in that situation, other end of the ice. He pokes at uh, a covered puck, goalie comes at him, tries to slash him with a vicious slash, mm -hmm. and Jordan kind of throws a quick little jab at him. Should Jordan Stahl be suspended. It's the exact, like, I right. always say, what would your thought be? Yeah. And if you say, if my team did this, then it should be a suspension. Then it should be a suspension. Like, right. that's a good rule of thumb for fans. If yeah. my team did this, should yeah. it be a suspension? Yeah, the way I saw it, and I actually thought the officials handled the penalties, I thought they handled it very well. Yeah. They gave Thornton two minutes for slashing, yep. for the poke on Morazic, yep. or was it slashing maybe? I think it Whatever. Was. They gave Mrazek two for slashing, even though he didn't connect. Um, he very much attempted to to slash, um, and then they gave uh, Joe Thornton two minutes for roughing, and I thought all of those were fair. It was a slash for uh, Thornton as well. Thornton did a bad thing. Peter Mrazek did a bad thing, and then Thornton did a bad thing, and those bad yep. things were penalized two minutes each, and the Hurricanes got a power play out of it. And fortunately, Peter Mrazek was not hurt. Right there was there was another part of this too that. People wanted to see, you know, Joe Thornton's head on a stick being paraded around PNC Arena for doing that, and the Canes should have done more. Jordan Martinuk tried to get at him, but the officials got in the way. Yeah. And, like, you know, a, a crunch of bodies got in the way. So a couple of the Canes on the ice tried to get at Joe Thornton, and the linesman got in the way. And then why was there nothing else the rest of the game? Because it's a close hockey game at that point. Right. And, and that's what... The win becomes more important than the immediate retribution right. in today's game. So, and I, I know everybody loves... Back in... The, yes. Back in the 70s, Joe Thornton wouldn't have made it out of the scrum. Mm -hmm. In the 80s, wouldn't have made it out of the scrum. 90s, there would have been a fight somewhere down the line. 2000s, early 2000s, maybe somebody, you know, runs Aaron Dell. Now the way the game's played, the points are the way you get your revenge when something like that happens. Well, and it's a 2-2 game going into the third period. You don't want to be the one to take that penalty exactly. that then puts your team behind. So Because then the refs are watching for it. Oh, absolutely. And and Joe Thornton, like you said, knew what he was doing. He yeah. got him Razik's head, and I thought um, that's kind of what led to that late Logan Couture goal. Yep. And then 
if you watch, Joe Thornton immediately skates off the bench, does a little lap near Mrazek, oh, for yeah. sure says oh, something. Him. And then the horn sounds at the end of the period. He's the first off the bench to make sure that he and Mrazek are crossing paths. But give credit to Mrazek for, after that, maintaining his composure, oh, yeah. I think collecting himself during the intermission and then coming out the better goaltender from the start of the third period through the end of the shootout. Because... Like you said, Joe Thornton knew what he was doing. They were able to get Peter Mrazek off his game a little bit, cheap or otherwise. Yeah. Cheap, I would say cheap. Yeah, but when you, when you slash the goalie's hand when he said, yeah. it's, it's weird for me because I want to say I have as much exception with what Joe Thornton did as the slash on his hand as the jab. Like, I, I don't like either of those things. Right. But the slash on the hand, you're doing this. Yeah, you, with intent yeah. to really get under somebody's skin. You know you shouldn't do it, and and then you know he should expect to get something back, and and he did, and then he delivered a another yeah. something. But, but let me go back for people, and, and I'll make this absolutely clear. People think that there's this unwritten rule that you don't touch the goalie, and there is. When he's in the crease, you're not supposed to touch the goalie. It's and, sort of and, like and you're, the quarterback in ways. And you're really also not supposed to, you know, you're not supposed to fight the goalie. It's not fair if a forward or a defenseman fights a goalie because right. of the equipment and everything else. Leave but, it to the other goalie. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think Garandell had any no. interest in. <laughs> it's been so long since I, I've seen one of those, by yeah. the way. But when a goalie takes himself out of the crease and puts himself amongst the other players, yeah. for me it kind of becomes you're, you're, you've made yourself – announced that you're part of this scrum that you were going to get in there. So uh, that's the other part of this. So it would have been okay for Peter Mrazek to go and just like hit Joe Thornton in the face with his blocker. That's yeah. okay. Cause that, that would have then created, oh, it would have been then Dell might've had interest in yeah. settling a score. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it. So I don't know. I, I guess we share the same opinion, we do. which is, which is good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and the hurricanes had some fun with it the next day, Raleigh center ice spray painting a little, uh, Body outline, on the ice. A little outline of the incident. <laughs> yeah. And Peter, and to, we don't know who did it, by the way. And Peter, and if we did, we would not tell you. Yeah. Peter laughed about it, uh, but he did say revenge is coming. Oh, he told me what the revenge is going to be. Yeah. I'll leave that to let it happen. But he told me. Yeah. He goes, whoever did I go, because I asked him, I said, is it, are you all right with that? He goes, oh, yeah, it's funny. He goes, but whoever did this, they will expect revenge. Yeah. yeah so, and revenge is coming. So, heads up for whoever's, uh, Whoever might have had a hand in that, but but I like it because it shows that um, you know these guys can can jab each other yep. and laugh at each other and um, and for Peter Mrazek to have a little chuckle about something that happened is, is good. I th yeah. I think it shows just how tight knit this group is. And I'll take this one step further for people who might not have liked the the prank at at RCI. I think oh well, why would you do that to a teammate? Because Peter was fine. Mm -hmm. If yeah. Peter Mrazek was hurt at all. Right. If the Canes lost the game, that doesn't get done. Yeah, it's it, it's a situational thing where exactly. uh, you know, he he was great in the shootout. Yep. You know, stopped the the two shots that the one went wide, but he stopped, right. you know, two. Um and he was one of the big reasons why the Hurricanes were able to yeah. to escape that game with victory. And, and by the way, I will go back to the number one point why that was done. Peter was okay. Yeah. If 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 he even had a headache from the night before, I don't think that that gets done. So, in like you said, Michael, it's okay to laugh. Rod Brindmore even said it afterwards. Yeah, you know it's, it's it's a long season. You have eighty two games. It's a grind. If you can take a moment and laugh, 
you know, have some fun, go ahead and do it. And, and that's what happened. And it was everybody who saw it got a, a good chuckle out of it. So, you know what else uh, is good when you want to have fun? Oh, what's that? Storm brew. Oh yes, it is delicious from our friends at R and D brewing. Look at that. You know, you can get it in lots of places right now too, Michael. If you were wondering where, hey, how can I get a Storm Brew? Well, one, you can get it at PNC Arena. Yeah, 16 ounce cans, $5. For five bucks, all home games here. But you can also get it at Wegmans, Harris Teeter, Food Lion, Whole Foods, Fresh Market, Costco, Walmart, Handy Hugo's, Lowe's Foods. Wherever you purchase your beverages, you can purchase a Storm Brew. So make sure you look for it. And if they don't have it at your favorite place, ask for it. Yeah, let them know. New stores are being added daily. Uh, there's a 75-mile radius, basically, that goes around Raleigh. So if you're in that uh, zone, you can probably find Storm Brew somewhere, somehow, from our friends at R&D Brewing. And Tuesday, December 10th, is National Lager Day. The perfect uh, beverage for National Lager Day is a Storm Brew lager. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks to the good friends at Storm Brew. Uh, some people would uh, ask me and Michael Smith, are you ever going to get a sponsor of this program? We did it. We asked. Yes, one day we would. Somebody said, do they drink? And the answer is they must because it's a beer. Bang. Boom. High five. There it is. Yes. Um, is she the sponsor of this? Hi. Oh. It's just the only Borat <laughs> drop we have. <laughs> and it's not even Borat. It's, not it's even Borat. Phil Giuseppe. Uh, Thank you, Phil, for that uh, lovely piece of... Uh, sound that we keep coming back to normally we we when players move along we no longer use their sound but that one will live for eternity i also love too that people oh my bad thank you i also too love that people uh let us know when they you know have said um you know my wife or um in that manner have it right there yeah (laughs) might as well use it um that that's cool thank you and Someone yesterday mentioned that they were in uh, browsing for fruits at the grocery store, and they they Jean's. All they could hear was Frit. <laughs> Frit. I know I, why. Why that is what you've know. taken out of that movie? I don't know either. Well, it's not the only thing, but it's it's one of the things. <sighs> to all the people who uh, are listening to Kane's cast today, hi. How are you? Hi. Make sure it's good. So let's talk about the uh, the Minnesota game. Yes. That's the last of the three that's happened in the last week since we uh, came into your ears. I'm well, that sounded. <laughs> well. Jean. Uh, All right. So with that being said, Michael Smith, I'm going to try to pose a question here while you try to compose yourself. Okay? We're not going to have a sponsor yourself. next week. Yeah, we are. Okay. Yeah, we are. Because we're going to say it no matter what. <laughs> this, let me put this out there. Can a guy who has a hat trick and a five-point night be indebted to the guy who is the second star who might have had uh, one of his best games where he doesn't score a goal, where Tavo Teravainen, the three assists he had for the Carolina Hurricanes primary were unbelievable passes on the power play, then two to Sebastian Ajo, and Sebastian Ajo has the hat trick and the five-point night. Silky smooth. Uh, Ajo's the first star. Because of the production, no doubt, but table Tavo five points. That was as good of a game as I've seen Tavo Teravine play. Yeah, if Ahu doesn't have a hat trick and five points, if he has a couple goals and an assist, maybe you give Teravine in the first star. But Ahu had a career night. Tavo Teravine 
those three assists, as you mentioned, yep. the first one to Svechnikov on that that full two minutes of five on three, which is good the Hurricanes were able to take advantage of it because that's that's one of those moments where if the kill comes up with a kill in that scenario, that team probably gets some momentum. But the Wild were kind of cheating to take away Dougie Hamilton's point shot, which left Andrei Svechnikov open at the side of the net, and Tevo Teravainen was able to to find uh, Svechnikov right on the tape, easy tap-in for him. If I'm the Wild, I'd probably give Dougie Hamilton that shot just because, I mean... I don't know the way Dougie's been shooting. That's the thing. He might beat you with it, but they basically gave Andre Svechnikov a tap, and he's not going to miss that. No. Although, do you know how hard that is to make that play? It looks so easy. Oh, yeah, they make it look easy, oh, but... What a... It's just a gorgeous play. Yeah. And and that's a big moment in the game because it's a five-on-three. Yes. And you're sitting there. You're tied at one. Lucas Walmart gets a big marker for the Canes in that one to tie it up because the Wild played... Really well, the first five minutes. They're at the end of a, another massive road trip. They've only played 10 home games out of 30 games this year, the Wild. That's, that's disgusting. That's weird. Way to go, schedule makers, but or computer. Remember, math. So they have played point whatever of their games. See, no, they point played three. 30 games. They played 30, 20 on the road, 10 at home. Yep. Thank you. Going to round that up for me? Not getting there. No, it's it's even. Well, but they play 82 games, so clearly there's a percentage point of their games they yeah. haven't played, yeah. This is so, just going to keep being a thing. For me, yeah. <laughs> well, people keep bringing it up. And I don't try to argue math because I am not good at math, but I know that you no, can't. No, that's been established you, that both of us are You're better at it than I am. Well, no. Yes. <laughs> I don't think so. But, you know, that, that play at that time on a five-on-three, I, I think – it turns the game. It shouldn't. I don't know why five-on-threes are such a turning point in hockey because there's the expectation that if you are up two guys, you have to score. Yeah. And if you kill it off, it just deflates the team that had the, the two-man advantage. Yeah. Kane scored, and then they kind of, you know, game gets a little interesting when it gets to three to two, and yep. then they, they take a penalty, and but the Canes kill it off and then come back and have a monster third period and end this thing. So that, w- that was really... I thought one of the the biggest keys was after Matt Zuccarello scored that goal to make it 3-2, Lucas Walmark uh, is whistled for holding the stick, and the Hurricanes have to kill off that penalty. Not only do they kill it off, Dougie Hamilton blocks a shot, and they don't even allow a puck to get to Peter Mrazek. So he, do, he doesn't even have to make a save on that penalty kill. So they, they killed it. They killed it dead. And then shortly after, <laughs> when they have a power play of their own, they take advantage of it. That That's the big swing of special teams, and the Hurricanes crushed the special teams game against Minnesota. They were two for three on the power play, I believe, and four for four on the penalty kill, which also included Sebastian Ajo's empty net shorthanded goal uh, late in the third period. So that that that's the, the, the simple difference in, in Saturday night's game. When you look at the box score and you see those special teams numbers – that's one of the biggest reasons why the Hurricanes won the game um, was because they won the special teams game. And I think, too, the timeliness of their power play goals and their penalty kills, I think, went a long way, too, in just um, maintaining the momentum of the game and not letting it shift away from them. Um, Tevo Teravainen's pass on, on Sebastian Ajo's first goal. Well, first he makes the play in the neutral zone to break up an outlet pass, and then... That sort of springs the rush the other way. Sebastian Ajo drops it off to Teravainen and then opens up his hip, finds the open ice, 
Teravina puts it right on his tape for the one-timer. That's what playmakers do is they can deliver that that perfect pass right in Sebastian Ajo's wheelhouse where if he gets all of that, which he did, he's not he's not going to miss. And then Teravinen's feed to him on the power play later in the period. Ajo calls for the puck, bangs his stick. Teravinen right on the tape, tap yep. in. Easy goal for Ajo. Teravinen just makes it, he makes it look easy. And, and that's the type of player he is. He's a playmaker. He's going to look to pass. And as he joked last night, he's never going to shoot again because <laughs> he did have a two-on-one with Ajo earlier in the second period. He missed the net, and, and that's when the Wild I went down. I think Stalock might have got a piece of it. Might have a small piece. Yeah. Because uh, that was what was asked, and it goes the other way, and Matt Zuccarello scores, to yeah. which Tavo Teravine says, I'm never shooting again. Yeah. And and Ajo's like, yeah, that's, that's fine. I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll take those passes, please. By the way, Sebastian Ajo quietly now has 16 goals for your Carolina Hurricanes. Yep. Andrei Svechnikov has 13 goals for your Carolina yep. Hurricanes. Ajo's coming on. Yes, he is. I still think, uh, really, between Andrei Svechnikov, Dougie Hamilton, and Sebastian Ajo, you could make a case for the Hurricanes to have three All-Stars. Oh, I don't think they will. We have questions. I'm not we'll even sure you. they'll have two, but they'll. it's going to be one of those three. Well, we'll have questions to get to. But speaking of questions to get to, I truly think it's time for us to get to this. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Storm Brew. Taking it. All day. Yep. Thank you. Oh, thank you. We've got one of those last night on the video port. (laughs) Or Saturday night, I should say. Yeah, Saturday night. It's amazing, Um, you know, because we just took that that drop from an interview we did with us. But every time he says thank you, he says it just like that. Thank you. And every time I hear it, I'm like, whoa, it's right from the podcast. Thank you. And But it's not. I have now incorporated saying thank you like that. Yes. It's a good way to say thank you. I like it. Every time I see him in the locker room and I ask him for an interview or talk to him for a second, when I, I'm done talking to him, I then look at him and say thank you. And he goes, well, thank you. <laughs> or sometimes he says that back to me. Exactly. Um. Hey, the Hurricanes are going to have a new practice facility. Yes, oh, they wait. are. I forgot we're doing this. Uh, yeah. 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 I tried to skirt it because I don't have one, obviously. <laughs> ah! I have one. Did anybody send me one? I don't know. Yes. Yes, they did. Oh, yeah, they did, actually, uh, on email. Uh, oh, on email. Now, yeah. they're, now they're just going directly to the source here. Okay, here's one uh, from uh, James Bingle. From Wendell, North Carolina. Bengal, like the tiger? Sort of. Lanolin, like the sheep's wool? (laughs) Yes. If you like it, take it. If not, send it back. The cut line for the second wild card in the East will be 99 points this year. Ooh. It was, what, 96 last year? 90. I'm going to send it back, but this is going to be nitpicky. I think it's going to be 98. <laughs> hey, that's, that's not fair. 99. Uh, I could see it being 99. So I don't want to, it's, it's not a sent back with no way possible. So last year it was 98. Columbus yeah. had 98 points. I think, I think it'll, I think it'll stay at 98. Okay. Cause if you have 99 points and miss the playoffs, golly, that's good. Yeah. Be you tough. got 99 problems, but a playoff spot ain't one. Well, that's a problem you want to have though. Well uh, done by the way. <laughs> Here's the second one, if you like it, take it. If not, send it back. The second and third seeds in the Atlantic Division 
will both finish with fewer than 99 points. So he's insinuating then that uh, the two wildcard teams would both be from the Metro. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. I think that both wildcard teams are coming from the Metro. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Okay. Although Tampa looks like they're snapping back to life. 7-1 win last uh, on Saturday night. I, know, I say, too, he's also got three more. Oh, my goodness. You should have spread these out. <laughs> okay, we'll save some. We'll save some. James. No, no, get it. You've already mentioned the third. Now I need to know what it is. Okay. Tavo Teravainen repeats as the Canes assist leader. Uh, because of his elite passing skill, or Rod Brennamore at least experiments with him centering for Ajo at some point this season, I don't think that's going to happen. No. But will he repeat as the Canes assist leader? Absolutely. Yes. I'm taking that. Yes. Uh, we'll save the other two. There's two more? Yeah, there's two more. We'll save them. It's like this man gave you a month's worth of like it, keep it. And we just blew three of them. He says these are the things that keep me up at night. So we're going to keep you up, James, for a few more nights and get to these uh, in a few weeks. Yeah, I would say went through, but that's okay. Carolyn Christian's had one, and it's. Uh, I was going to have this leading into this episode of the Canes cast, but she asked it, so I'll just kind of go along your lines here. It was more along the lines of how many points. It was a question, how many points do we think the Canes were going to get on this upcoming road swing? Ooh. But then it turns into, like it, keep it, the Canes will get seven points out of ten on this road trip. She chronicles how they'd get it. This is a tough road trip, man. Uh, Edmonton, Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg, Colorado. So seven points. I see, let's see, two. Let's, we'll... We, well, we can break down what she's saying. Two points in Edmonton, two points in Vancouver, two points in Winnipeg, one point in Calgary, and the end of the trip, no points against Colorado. That's what I'm reading that as. Okay. Um. Um. I'll. T I, yeah, I'll take it. Seven points. I'll say that. I. I can. Yeah. I'm gonna send it back. I think six. Six is, is six is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Because Edmonton's the top team in the Pacific. I don't know how good they are, but you know what I do know that they have: Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle. Two very good players. Yeah. And they've been getting good goaltending this year. Darnell Nurse is good on the back end. They're playing better defensively as a team. Uh, Vancouver. Vancouver's weird because they got a lot of offense. Some good young talent. But that's but I, the game. That's the game where I expect the Canes to go in and find a way to win. You know, they got a win there last year for the mm. first time since what? The Nixon administration, the whatever it feels like. Yeah. Um, the dinosaurs. Once again, as it was quoted in Mallrats. Breakfast, Schmeckfest. You can have breakfast any day. But Hartford, the whale, beating Vancouver in Vancouver, 7-2, to that happens once, maybe twice a lifetime. And seeing the Canes have embraced their roots of Hartford, it's, uh, I think, apropos to throw that here today. No? Thank you. That's all I was looking for. So Vancouver, Calgary, I think Calgary's a win for the Canes. I think so, too. I do. And it's not that I don't think Calgary's a good team because they are loaded with talent. Yep. I just think... That's a win for the Canes. So yep. now we've got two wins. Winnipeg's just a hard place to play. Yeah, super hard. When they get um, when they get going and the crowd gets going in there, it gets loud. Uh, yeah, that's I don't know. That's a toss up. And then we've chronicled that Colorado is seems to be pretty good this year. So I think you can get a point in Edmonton to start it off. Like if we're gonna lay down the base, a point in Edmonton. You beat Vancouver. You beat Calgary. Now you got to find. Now, not saying seven points is out of the realm, but you got to find a way to get 
two points against Winnipeg and Colorado. Yeah. For seven. It can be done. I think six is a successful road six trip. Six would be a very successful road trip. But uh, I think seven's doable. Anything above that's gravy, I think. One of the formats that I always go with is when you're on the road, what's the total amount of points you can get? Half of that is a, a decent trip. Because if you're 500 on the road, you should be a playoff team. Yeah. If you take care of business at home. That's all. But I think six is very possible. Mm-hmm. So that's three wins or however you want to come to this. Um, seven, you're talking three wins and then a tie. That that Colorado game is the one that I don't know about you. That's the one that concerns me because that's kind of what we saw with the Wild last night. You're on the road for a real long time. Yeah. Crisscrossing the country. Uh, you got a couple of you know days off here and there where you can rest and recharge, but that just seems to be a, a tough one for me. And Colorado is really good if you're not paying attention to the Western Conference and the Avalanche. Yeah, it's going to be. That's going to be an interesting one to wrap up the trip. It's a, those last games of, of long road trips are always, you know, can be, I don't know, deceptive, but it's your mind is almost like, okay, let's just play this game and get home. Um, but if anybody's going to have his team in the right headspace, oh, it's going to be head coach Rod Brindamore. So yep. uh, long road trip, plenty of miles. I think uh, Fox Sports Carolina's, uh, added it up last night. It's what, like over 7,000 miles traveled between here to Edmonton to Vancouver to Calgary to Winnipeg to Colorado and back again. Um, we're going to be on the road for a while. Yep. Yes, we are. I'm all right with that. Long road trip. I should uh, pack. Yeah. Today. I'm going to have to do that as well. Yeah. This uh, is one of these trips we can't, it can't be a morning pack. Sometimes these last few road trips, totally been a morning pack because it's a night. Just throw some clothes in a bag and head on. For but people this, want to know for we have to wear suits on the plane. So yes. for Michael Smith and myself, we wear the suit that we're going to wear to the game on the plane. Mm-hmm. Then you bring just a change of clothes in a bag, and you're done. This is a one suit trip for me. Really? Yeah, I don't have to be on TV though, so that's. I know for you it, it complicates things. I'm trying to figure out how many I can bring, but I do. I'm not bringing four. No, no, no. Just way too many. Yeah. It's a lot to carry. Yeah. And I've just gotten cleared, so I don't know. You're my you're my bellhop. I don't know <laughs> if I can make you carry, you know, that kind of luggage around the country. That's yeah, and passport. Don't forget your passport. I have too. my passport. Do you have your passport? Uh not on me, but I know where it is. So, so I need to grab it. You think I could get away with two suits? I think you could. I think the people would would they really notice? Yo, I think as long as you would be surprised. As long as you I think uh you know, change your shirt and tie. That's that's where my eye goes is the shirt and tie. Yeah, well, the shirt and tie gets changed every every game. Correct. Yes, yeah, so I'll bring five me, shirts, five ties. Does. Yeah. I know but some people like to reuse shirts. We won't name names, but that's gross. I know. I can't. I can't do <laughs> I can, that. No, I can't either. So I actually bring like a backup emergency shirt in case something happens oh. to one of the shirts that I want to wear. Yeah, I don't even. I don't do that. And I just hope that. You know, nothing happens to them. And by the way, uh, for some people who have finally caught on to a, a certain pattern as to how I dress, uh, the reason why I do it is it's easy for me to just match. I don't have to worry about things then. Yeah. That's all. That's another reason why. Thank Should we you. get to some uh, fan questions here before well, we get I, out of I here? I did have a, I like it, keep it. Oh, okay. So, but I also started off with one about Stormbrew. Yeah. 
sponsor, fine mm-hmm. sponsor of Kane's Cast, which we appreciate here. We appreciate it so very much. So mine for you, and it has something to do with how the team has been playing of late and what Rod Brindamore has done moving Andre Svechnikov from the Sebastian Ajo Tevo Taravainen line mm-hmm. down to the Jordan Stallworm Fogel line. It's a question kind of ambiguous, I know. But is Sebastian Ajo or Andre Svechnikov to the point in their careers, as young as they are, where they make the players around them better? Like it, mm. keep it. Meaning, yeah. you can put Aho if if you feel a line struggling, you can put Aho there or Svechnikov. You know, hey, we need more offense. We can because yeah. they raise the game. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and I think Svechnikov not being on that line sort of spreads out yes. that that talent Share a little more instead of loading up with the. You know, if you need some offense, you can always load up thirty-seven, twenty, and eighty-six. That's that's a given. Yep. But if you can maybe move him to a different line, and then they brought Nino Niederreiter to that line and to get him going maybe a little bit. I like I like Niederreiter with Ajo and Teravainen. I like yeah. that line a lot. And yeah. right now, Fogel, Svechnikov, and Stahl have a little bit of something-something cooking. Yeah. And when this team gets Eric Halla back, now you've got uh, and Marty Nachos back, and it looks like Marty Nachos will be able to return on this road trip. Mm-hmm. That's what Rod Brindamore was hoping for when we talked to him. Uh, before the San Jose game on Friday, he said that that's the hope that Nachos is close to returning. He was skating uh, at practice the other day, so that's all a good sign. Yep. So you put that line back together. Now you got three lines that can put the puck in the net and a great energy line, which is more than just an energy line with Walmart centering Brock McGinn and Jordan Martinuk. They can put some some pucks in the net. Now you got a lot of balance, some scary stuff. Yeah. In a good way. I agree. All right. Before yeah. we get to questions, a uh, shout out for a couple of people who have um Canescast was their most listened to podcast on Spotify this year. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool to see. So if if Canescast happens to be your most listened to podcast on Spotify this year, let us know. Yeah. Maybe we'll That's cool. We'll try to see what we can do. Can't promise anything. Yeah. Uh, also, that just cements that we're best friends for life. If oh, you were wondering, sure. now you know. Set. Oh, also our good friends from Richmond who keep coming down to games. Keep seeing them. Keep making the drive. Down 95 or 85 to PNC Arena. Say hi. They give their, their best to the webs. Michael Smith. Hi. Thank you. How are you doing? You ready for your uh, questions? Yes. Let's get to it. This from John Herring. All I want for Christmas is to go see the Rise of Skywalker with Kane's cast, Michael Smith, and Mike Maniscalco. Not going to happen because Michael Smith only sees... No, no. Only see Star Wars with? No, um, you're... Oh, I only see Star Wars with... There um, we go. That makes more sense. Yep. I don't only, but yes. that's been the trend. Yes. This you is... had a chance to see episode eight, and you did not do it. Yep. Because I already had tickets Because with, of? I already had tickets to go see it with. Um, and I feel... Not even partially responsible, 100% responsible for the fact that she now likes Star Wars because she didn't before um, I introduced her to it. So see, I will go see Rise of Skywalker with, um, but she doesn't care if I go see it beforehand. Yeah. In fact, she would rather me go see it first and then um, will then go see it because I'll say if it's good or bad. Yeah. 
So we're, we're going to... Um, so sorry, got our John. Tickets. Not going to happen. We've already got our tickets for uh, December... 20th, when it comes out? Yes. Yeah, I'm not going that day. I'm going to take a nap when we land at 4.30 in the morning from Colorado, and then we'll, we'll go really see it that afternoon. Maybe. I, you're not supposed to. You're supposed to sleep on the plane, yes. and then... But we get back. Call Bill Berniston. Oh, by the way, he's going to love this question. Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> a few more that are coming up here. He's going to love these tips because he he produces a list of these tips. Drink but, a lot of water. Yeah, drink a lot of water. Stay hydrated. Yep. Noise canceling headphones. Yep. Limit uh, light in the cabin. So yep. wear a sleep mask if you I, have to. I, I can't wear a sleep mask. Yeah, Can I you? can't either. No. Well, you you fall asleep four seconds as the plane's up in the air. It's amazing. Yeah, I it's wish like I could. some sort of switch that flips. Um. But it is kind of weird because I got to download a documentary I wanted to watch. We get back at four thirty, which is early, so we could still potentially get a few hours of sleep as long as we wake up within an hour of when we usually wake up. Because That's I don't just really confusing. I don't know if anybody's gonna want to stay up when they get home at five o'clock. So you go to sleep for maybe another three hours or so, and hopefully you get three hours on the plane, and then. Uh, you try your best to work on six hours. Okay. The so Rise of Skywalker is long too, so I I might need a nap before we go, just so I don't. Because once you get in those recliner well, seats, you're you're getting way into the weeds here. <laughs> the whole question was, would John Herring be able to go see it with us? And the answer is no. Hey, maybe. No. <laughs> well, not for the first time. I'm not gonna go see it. I'm not gonna go see it with John, and I'm not gonna go see it with you know. John, without you, no offense, John, because he Sorry, asked John. for all of us. That's true. And that's how that goes. Maybe it'll be a raffle prize. We'll do a Kane's Cast raffle no. sometime. John, go see it without us, and you'll you'll love it. We'll talk about it at some point. We'll get some other things going on here. Matthew Herman, fine contributor to the Kane's Cast via the Twitter machine. Is there a push from the Kane's management for more matinee home games on the weekend? I swear the Flyers have an afternoon game every weekend. Do I count as Kane's management? Because if I did, I would push the hell out of it. I'm, I am with you 100%. All games at one, please. 100%. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't and think so. And part of it in the early season as well is college football on the weekends. You have to, you have to make sure you know, you're, you're getting as many people that you can into the building to watch your product. And if there is a 1 o'clock football game, uh, odds are, if you have a one o'clock hockey game, somebody's going to go somewhere. And plus, you can't have a game at Carter Finley and a game at PNC Arena at the same time. Yeah, it wouldn't work out. Yeah, really well. Yeah, here's one from Iron Kaniac. An outdoor game should take priority, of course. But have the Canes also inquired recently about playing abroad again, perhaps to Switzerland, or return to Finland, or maybe even China? Um, yeah, I think inquiries have been made, but nothing's been set up. Um, and they've already announced their international games for the next season so i guess you know if the hurricanes were to play internationally the earliest it would be would be 21 22 season yep the nhl has yet to announce their outdoor games for 2020 2021 so that remains a possibility and as bettman said when he was here in february that would be the earliest time that they could do it here because they had already announced their outdoor games for this season so we'll see i honestly think an outdoor game for the Carolina Hurricanes would take precedence over going to oh for sure yeah 
and he's Finland or Sweden or yeah. whatever. And, and and that's all. And it would be great if they could go back, especially with the Finns that they have on this team. Absolutely. I think Finland would be the the natural choice of, of places to go. And maybe that's something if the Canes continue to have the success that they're having, you know, their profile gets raised, the yeah. NHL might want to give them a little more international exposure. So I could totally see it happening. Yeah. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Uh, this from Colton Phelps. Where do you see the Canes ending up at the end of the season? If you take away our 5-0-0 start, we're basically a 500 team. I think we will pull it together and finish second in the Metro behind the Capitals. Well, Colton, if you take away the four-game losing streak, this team is like a 700 team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <sighs> top three in the division. Yeah. I think I've said that all along, and I'll stick with that. Top three in the division. Lance. Uh, his name on Twitter is Joel A. Ray, but it's... Twitter name is Lance. Don't get, don't get caught up in it. Going to the game in Calgary next Saturday, any must-visit food spots or yes. recommendations? Yes, a place that I told Michael Smith existed in Calgary yeah. that he <laughs> didn't believe me until we actually started walking for lunch. Like, oh, it does exist. Meat and bread. Yummy. Go for lunch. You're welcome. Yeah, I don't really have any other spots. I mean, we, we've been to Milestone, you know, like the yeah. Canadian Earls and stuff like that, yeah. Milestones. It's fine. Milestones is, is a good spot. We there's, haven't really spent a ton of time in Calgary. No, there's a place called Local um, that's on, I forget the name of the street. It's got all the bars and restaurants on it. But they've got Shuffleboard there if you enjoy Shuffleboard. Yeah, no, Local is good, but I don't mm -hmm. think we've eaten there. And I, do I they, they also have Ping Pong, right? Mm, no, um, a different place has Ping Pong. Uh, pins, I think? Yeah, it's it's a got bowling, bowling too, yeah. I think it is called Pins, yeah. so... But uh, definitely check out meat and bread. You will not be upset with that. Get the porchetta sandwich. It's always on the menu. Mm -hmm. They only do, I think, three sandwiches? Four? Four or five, but maybe. the porchetta is on the sandwich. Uh, is on the board every it's day. It's a regular, yeah. So It's the original. Uh, staying with the food theme. I'm taking my wife to New York City. Oh, I'm taking. Um, not mine, but his. This is uh, Zachary Schrote. To New York City for our first anniversary, going to the game in Brooklyn, March 22nd. What are some of the ideas for places to eat? We are pretty adventurous when it comes to food. If you know a good hole-in-the-wall place, even better. New York City is amazing when it comes to food. Yeah, I mean, you can have whatever you want. <laughs> Bill Berniston has already chimed in. This is Bill Berniston coming to you live from the Canes locker room. Oh, boy, <laughs> this should be good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the list is long. And, and like... My good friend TV's Mike Maniscalco said, it kind of depends what you're in the mood for. And what's your budget? Yeah, that, that too. Because you've been to 11 Madison Park. Yes, I have. But we've also been to, you know, like a corner store bagel shop where you can get... Mineta Tavern is a good place I would recommend for dinner. We've gone and gotten the Black Label Burger, but the food there is really good. Yeah. Uh, so I would recommend Mineta Tavern and the Black Label Burger. Uh, you're gonna pay what thirty two bucks for it? Yeah, maybe at a least. little more. Yeah, but it's a steak. Worth it. It's a steak. Uh, you just ate at. I ate at Emily in which West is Village. Outstanding. Yeah, they've got Detroit style pizzas and a burger too that they're known for. That's not as expensive as Mineta Tavern, but I think it's like twenty five, twenty six bucks. Well worth it. If you want to be touristy, Cat's Deli. You know, go get a sandwich there. We've been there before, and it's, it's good. Really good. I mean, it's really good. It's and it's a deli, so go get your. I'm a big uh, corned beef on rye guy. And there's it's some of the best that you'll you'll ever get. There's plenty of good Italian spots. And there's also an Emily in Brooklyn, too. So you mentioned that you're going to the game in Brooklyn in, in March, and there is, there's an Emily in Brooklyn, too. Yeah, and I'm, I've eaten 
in a ton of places uh, in New York. It's, there's a place that I've I've gone to. I haven't taken you there. It's called Tradici. It's great Italian. Mm. Uh, you can look that up. Kind of, it's not off the beaten path, but it's, it's really good. You'd yeah. enjoy it. So there's just uh, I I guess our best advice for New York would just be to get on Eater or you know even Yelp and just look for stuff that you are interested in. Like you got to narrow it down. I think to a um genres of food um and then you can kind of go from there because really any sort of food that you want you're going to be able to find and you're going to be able to find a good spot you just have to start somewhere narrow it down and go from there yeah there is also another place that you can go to that will come up here on my uh, no it doesn't want to come up right now oh there it is clinton hall it's a beer garden, but they've got really good burgers. We haven't been there, have yes, we? Yes, we have. Oh, we have? Yep. Oh, yeah. We've been there several times. Is that the place we haven't eaten there, though, right? No, I have. Okay. Uh, but you have not. I, I did actually last year in the playoffs oh. when everybody was on their own because it was right around the corner from where we were. So there yes. you go. Yeah, down in the uh, financial district. So there you go, Zachary. Enjoy. Any of those places will be sure to make you uh, be very happy. This one from Jeremy, probably being asked many, many times, do the Canes add Justin Williams and possibly bring in another top six, top nine guy if they're in solid position by February? And if they do, does a new roster forward, or does a now roster forward, sorry, get shipped out? Um, I don't want to say it's one or the other, but... You know, if the, well, you're if they have to make room for them, correct. Um, and, and not only in roster space, but also salary cap space. And there are things you can do with the contract to. They could load it with with uh, performance bonuses, yeah. and that shifts to next year when the Hurricanes won't have Patrick Marlowe's six million dollar cap By the hit. Way, what an emotional return for Patrick mm, Marlowe yeah. this past week. I still haven't gotten over that in remembrance. <clears throat> I thought it was great when they showed the house that he could have lived in and the locker he would have had. <laughs> yeah. It's touching. Um, so I, I, one of those is going to happen. It's either Justin Williams is going to return or the Hurricanes are going to find a way to add a forward. Um, but they might be hard-pressed to, to do both. Okay. I agree with that. Uh, along the same lines, Mike Apachin, do you think the Canes will go for Taylor Hall if they can trade away some cap space? Do you think the Canes need another gritty forward? Well, Taylor Hall's not a gritty forward, so two questions in one for Micah to get this in. Uh, no, I don't think the Canes are going to make a play for Taylor Hall. I just don't, because I think what it would take to get him and then you have to sign him, I don't think that that's on the Canes' radar. Yeah, that's that's just a gut feeling. Not that we've been told anything. Uh, a grittier forward, yeah. I think that you're always, if you can add somebody with some size and some strength and some scoring touch, yeah, you're always on the lookout for that. Always. Nick, the quick ask: Will the Canes make a big trade before the deadline? Again, along the same uh, path. Uh, right now, I think the trade is going to have to be more of a hockey one for one with deals that are of similar. Um, stature and money yeah just because of where the canes are in cap space but if the canes can continue to bank some cap space or um 
you know, potentially move maybe an extra piece in the deal, they could do that. They've never been a trade deadline team, and I don't think they're going to be a trade deadline team just because they value assets. And usually at the trade deadline, you have to give away assets to acquire, more often than not, temporary help. And that's not what the Hurricanes are going to do. They're not that sort of team. So um, I think if they make a move, it's going to be similar to what Don Waddell was able to execute last year with trading Victor Ras for Nino Niederreiter. He did that in uh, January. That was essentially the Hurricanes trade deadline move last year. It was just done a month, two months earlier than the trade deadline. Yep. This from Holland. Now that Ajo is steadily going as well as Turbo, who and how many Canes can earn all-star spots? I think they're going to get two. Yeah. I think they're going to get two. I think they're going to get a forward, and I think they're going to get a defenseman. And I think as of today, if you had to say pick two, I would say Andre Svechnikov and Dougie Hamilton. I think Dougie Hamilton's going to go in some capacity, um, meaning he's no matter what, I think Dougie Hamilton is going to be on the Metro All-Star team. The question then comes down to between now and All-Star roster selections, is it Sebastian Ajo who went last year? And sometimes all-star games are like a club. Once you get in, you're in the club. Yeah. Um, or Andre Svechnikov. It's going to be a, a race for those two guys. But I think the Canes get two. Thoughts? Yeah, I could see that happening. Um, and it's it, if they have to, it'll it'll certainly be two of those three. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. A, that's all. I got uh, I got Chris Gavin. Okay. I, think I can answer this one a little bit more. Good morning. What's well, the backstory behind the fans being dubbed the Cherubs? Uh, that's John Forsland and Trip Tracy. And uh, do you know what a cherub is? If you don't, Google it. But a cherub is uh, an angelic child. And because Sebastian Ajo and Tavo Teravine look so young, John kind of dubbed them the cherubs. And angelic. Uh, Allie has a question. <laughs> Ali says, oh, I kind of have a quirky question Thank you. that she's always wondered about. How many pieces of gum does Rod Brindamore go through during a game, or does he chew the same piece of gum during the whole game? I actually have no idea. I don't have a specific number, but I can tell you it's different pieces of gum. Yeah, I would say that it's not one the whole game. It would get worn out pretty quickly. Maybe one a period? I don't know. Nope, not a problem. That's fine. Uh, Amelia, looking back at the Bruins game and the rest of their homestand win streak, what do you think the Canes need to do next time to seal the deal against them? Against the Bruins? Yeah. Oh, layup for you. Score more goals. There you go. That's (laughs) I threw the alley. (laughs) I jammed it home. Uh, you yammed it. Yeah. You know, they played a, a, a pretty good game against them, like we said. I mean, I guess it'd be nice if uh, the power play came through with a goal. I mean, you know, that that might help make a difference. But, yeah, I mean, they, they, they played a pretty good game. Win the special teams battle. That's number one. Puck possession, because it's hard for the Bruins to score when they don't have the puck. And then three, it's finish. When mm. you're on the breakaway, not, uh, not referring to Aho and... Teravinen, but when you're on the breakaway, you got to put it home. When you get a great A, you got to find a way to score. And when the Bruins make a mistake, you got to capitalize on it. That's yep. it. I mean, it's it's a fair question. There is really good. Yep. Uh, Marcus, why is Nino struggling? This is so weird. If he wasn't 
getting the opportunities he was getting, I would be worried about this more than what I am. How do you feel on this? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too worried. I mean, he's he's not getting the. I get he, I get he's it. He's not, not getting the goals. He's and not people, scoring the goals. It's bottom line. So, Marcus, not to you know, say that this is a bad question, but he. I don't know if there's been a more snake bitten player in the NHL this year than Nino when it comes to scoring goals. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 the the chances are there. The finish isn't just yet. Maybe because he's Swiss. Oh, well done. <laughs> um, Thank you. But. I'm not too worried about it. He's been a the goal scorers go through these these streaks, these uh, peaks and valleys, and he'll he'll get out of the valley sooner rather than oh, later. Absolutely. Again, he's getting the chances. If the chances weren't there, right? If if the chances aren't there, if he's changing his game or cheating to try to get the chance, you know, none of that is happening. Um, so I'm not too worried about it. But uh, once once I think he scores, um. You're kind of gonna see him come in bunches once he finds the back of the net and gets some confidence in that in that manner. Uh, Jennifer Pewitt. Thought there was an R, but there's not. Pewet. Jones. Any chance there's a running playlist for the tune played after a win? I'm gonna give this one to you, Smitty. Well, there's not. Okay, I didn't think so. Yep. I because I I think I asked one, and somebody goes, I don't. Even remember what we played the other day. So yep. there, nobody's nobody's keeping track. Sorry, everybody. Uh, Kate Merrill also asked about the All Star game and what players are going. Kate, we answered that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Much better. Uh, Corn Dog, has anyone seen the Russian Five documentary? And do you look at that at how it influenced the way the game is played today? Yes, I have seen it. I uh, guess there is a definite influence uh, for how the game is played today, and the big reason why is take a look at how many Russian players are in the game today. I haven't seen it, so oh, I can't it's comment. It's great. If you're a hockey fan, watch it. Yep. It's really good. But uh, the simplest answer on that, good question, Corndog. Simplest answer is just take a look at how many Russian players are in the game today. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely it did. Uh, if he's talking stylistically, vis-a-vis -vis how the game is played on the ice, yeah, it's definitely changed. Uh, although I don't think that how they played is a direct impact on how we see the game played today because there was a lot of east-west in the Russian five game, mm -hmm. and now the game is pretty much north south. Yeah, as fast as you can. But how fast they played, the tempo at which they played, that fingerprint is all over the game, no doubt. Good documentary. If you're a hockey fan, I highly recommend seeing it. Good question. Thanks, corn dog. I just said thanks to a corn dog, didn't I? You thank you. Nick the quick. Did you uh, get the will the Canes make a big trade before the deadline? Yep. We've talked about that. Yep. All right. I want to make sure we were clear on that. Anything else you want to get to? I think we got them all. Uh, is Tavo and Ajo considered one of the best duos in hockey? If so, why? Well, in our mind, they are. Sure. Yeah, here. Hey, why not? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Are they in a genre of duos? That's a stretch. <laughs> I just want to get one more in there for you. <laughs> just for you. All right. I'm good if you are. And yep. we're good with the questions. Yeah. And an extended Canes cast. We went long today. Good. I'm fine with that. Plenty uh, to hold you over until um, the next week, which we'll have. Um, a special edition yeah. of the Canes cast. This is not like a special episode of Family Ties or Blossom. Yeah, like nobody dies at the end. Way to spoil it. <laughs> I'm just setting expectations. By the way, why do you go there? 
That's well, pretty morbid if you ask me. Usually when like... And we are going out west, so let's just pump the brakes on that. Oh, well. Nobody dies in the episode. Thank you. Because usually when a television show, you know, teases like a big episode, it's well, like, oh, a big character death. What are you watching? I don't know. Oh, I see. This is where I forget. This I'm, is the thing. I'm not. No. I'm not even watching any network shows no, that do that. This but is that. this is where I forget. I am a decade older than you, and so like when a very special episode would come on, it'd be like you know, like a reunion show or something. Well, yeah, you could do that, or you know, somebody has to deal with. There's a big issue that has to be dealt with. Yeah, but you know, maybe it is a, a big guest star. And that's what this is. A big guest star is yes. coming in. That's that's what we're trying to say. No, you went star. right to you went right to the dead files. Well, I was just I was letting everybody know that it's you don't need tissues. But I don't know. I laughed. I yeah. cried. That episode is going to be a part of me. <laughs> there, there are. It, it's a it's a There's funny a lot episode. Of laughing. Yeah. Uh, we we will sit down with the vice president of hockey operations for the Carolina Hurricanes, Paul Kropelka, mm-hmm. uh, just uh, for full transparency. Transparency. Transparity. Wow. Parody? It's like a, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah. It's going to be on Showtime. It's taking, <laughs> it's taking the place of transparent. It's transparity. Yeah. You know, they were going to do comedies about a show that they'd already seen. Never mind. <laughs> I follow. Digging that shit. <laughs> digging that hole deeper. Yeesh. Full transparency. Uh, we're going to be on the road and it would be rather difficult for us to, to get a podcast done based on where we're going to be. Uh, this upcoming week, so we sat down and just talked about front office matters with Paul Kropelka, and please tune into that. We think that you're going to enjoy it yep. a lot. It'll be available first thing uh, next Monday morning, um, available wherever you find podcasts, just like uh, this podcast that you're hopefully still listening to now. I hope not, an after hour I said transparency. <laughs> an hour and 17 minutes and I'm sure... Uh, Bill Berniston has totally checked out. This is Bill Berniston coming to you live from the Canes locker room. I got to tell him stay in his lane. And with that, it's probably time for us to check out. Oh, absolutely. So hopefully in two weeks, everything's fine. What are you looking for, buddy? I'm just making sure I'm going to hit the right uh, (laughs) drop. (laughs) Uh, We'll do this again. You'll hear our interview with Paul Kripalka. Uh, please check that out. As the Christmas bells are chiming, it's time for us to get out of here. For the web's Michael Smith. And TV's Mike Maniscalco. We will talk to you next week. Moi moi. Thank you.